Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... The longer I am a Christian, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize I had nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing to do with it. And, and, and I see that I look at so many other people who I've known over the years who once followed the Lord and who don't anymore, that not only is grace something that we receive initially, but we also receive sustaining grace, persevering grace. Do you understand the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ? Early in chapter 1 of the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul reminds the Bible readers who salvation comes from, how it came, and what it means in this life and in the life to come. Although we are at the beginning of this letter, the Apostle Paul is bursting with excitement over the gospel and is very protective of the flock of God to ensure that they are not led astray by false teachers. Let's pray his excitement spreads to us as we continue with Pastor Jim in Galatians chapter 1. He knew how to get things done. He was, you know, he, he knew when to push through the wall without, without waiting for a door, but he also knew when to back off and to wait to see what the Lord would do. And he was gifted beyond gifted. He was, in, it was intimidating how gifted this man was in the word of God. So verse three, he gives the characteristic greeting, which is really the summary of the benefits of the gospel. He says, grace to you and peace, always in that order. It's always grace first, then peace, from God the Father and our, and he breaks it out. He breaks out the whole name of Jesus right out of the box, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse four, what does he tell us about him? who gave himself for our sins. The idea is of substitution. He died himself for our sins instead of us. When you're talking to people, you say, well, can you tell me something about Jesus? Most people are gonna say to you, he died on the cross for our sins. Say to them, okay, that's great. What does that mean? They go, "Uh, it means he died on the cross for our sins. Explain to them, he died instead of us. He died instead of you. He died instead of me. And the benefit of that will be applied to you when you put your trust in Jesus Christ instead of yourself. Okay, so who gave himself for our sins, why? That he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of God, of of our God and Father. It was God's plan to whom, to God, not man, be glory forever and ever, amen. So he's already done, we're done. Hey, that was pretty quick, we did the whole book. (laughs) So he starts off with this glorious doxology right out of the box, claiming he's an apostle and giving us the gospel right out of the box. He reminds us about grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor. 
So if you ever did something and you, when you were a kid and you got a merit badge, you did something and got a merit badge, now you get a merit badge just for breathing. But you got a merit badge, but we don't get a merit badge from God. Grace is unmerited. He gives it to us, nothing we do. And the apostle says it is the source of our salvation and the result of grace, the grace, the gift of grace is peace with God. So grace leads to peace with God. That's why grace is always first. But there's another reality to it is that grace can, if you let it, lead to the experience of a satisfaction in life that only God can give. Now, this is extremely important to the Galatian churches because the uninvited Sham brothers had come in and they had brought in a works mentality that was then beginning to affect the ranks. These, you know, oh, Paul's not into the deeper things, simple things, Bible, Bible, Bible. We know a lot of other stuff. Same thing we saw in Corinth. Oh, you gotta, you gotta, we gotta, it's Jesus plus speaking in tongues. It's Jesus plus this, Jesus plus that. And so that had infected the ranks. And when this happens, we lose the gospel. And so there are parts of the church that are adding. You have to be baptized Jesus and baptism. Now you should be baptized, but that's not depend your salvation is not dependent on that or you have to be baptized in our church in our water. It's like what is it imported from Maine or something like that? What's the right? <laughs> and then there's there's uh, other people who are shaving the gospel saying it doesn't matter uh, the way you live. The grace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit takes Ephesians chapter two, we'll get there. And, and when we get there, it'll say that we who were dead were made alive. The spirit of God comes into our hearts when we put our trust in Jesus Christ, when we receive the free gift of grace, makes us spiritually alive. We are brought to life. It's, we call that regeneration. And it justifies us. God justifies us. He declares us righteous. He looks at us as if we had lived Christ's life. The grace of God adopts us into the family of God. The grace of God sanctifies us, which means that it makes us more Christ-like and strong in the faith. And as we follow the Lord for years, those of you who are new, it's gonna take a while till you realize this. I am finding the, the longer I am a Christian, Gosh, my goodness, it's going to be 30 years soon, right? The longer I am a Christian, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize I had nothing to do with it, absolutely nothing to do with it. And, and, and I see that I look at so many other people who I've known over the years who once followed the Lord and who don't anymore that not only is grace something that we receive initially, but we also receive sustaining grace, persevering grace. And it is that perseverance is one of the ways that you know that the grace of God is upon you. Titus 2, 11 and 12, he, uh, the apostle Paul said this, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Here he says that God might deliver us from the present evil age. 
So the idea is, is that the grace of God, because of the cross of Christ, because of the resurrection of Christ, has delivered us from this evil world, has delivered us from the power of sin, not from the presence of sin. Like I always say, but when I used to go, when I first became a Christian, I used to drink a lot. And I would go to a party and my friends would say, hey, you want a beer? And I'd think, I just, I just didn't want to touch that. I knew me and beer, bad news. You know, I drank it in groups of six. I didn't have one. I had six, 12, 18, or 24. <laughs> I didn't, I don't know. And I would say no. And they would say, oh, now that you're religious, you can't drink. And I would say, actually, it's the exact opposite. Before I could only say yes, now I can say yes or no. And so what has happened to us is the Lord says here that he has delivered us, he's going to deliver us from this present age. The idea is, is that God through Christ has delivered us, has rescued us upon salvation from the penalty of sin. Put your trust in Christ tonight if you don't know him and you will be delivered from the penalty of sin. He then moves you into the Christian life. You will be delivered from the power of sin. You will be able to say no. You will be, and you will know it was God that did it. You'll go to sin and you'll be singing the silly songs we sing here. Right? You're like, I'm not doing that. I can't sing songs and sing. You know, I'm not gonna sin and sing songs. I'm not gonna do that. And then when we get on the other side, it is then and only then we will be delivered from the presence of sin. So now we must trust in Christ just as we did for salvation in our sanctification. So the power to be rescued is alive and kicking now. What I love about the Apostle Paul is this is not, he's not some mealy mouth, and I kind of hope it's gonna end up being like this. Now, this is a declaration. He says, you are this. This is a possession. Grab a hold of it. And, and, he, and he breaks out the heavy artillery. He says, grace comes from God the Father because of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jehovah. He calls Jesus Jehovah. Jesus, a man's name. Jehovah, Emmanuel, God with us. God, Jehovah, became a man, the Christ, the, the, the Messiah, the anointed one. And the benefits of the grace of God are received by faith, are available only because of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Really, we call it the work of Christ, God becoming a man, living a perfect life in your place and in my place, dying a sinner's death. He died for our sins in your place and my place. And then he rose from the dead to prove that God was satisfied with with what he did. And he ascended into heaven and he will return. He now sits in the seat of honor at the right hand of God. So we say all the time, we have all of the benefits of salvation. When do we have it? Already, but not yet. So it's it's like you have have an uncle, I know you wish you did, who had a lot of money and he had billions of dollars. And he says, listen, when I croak, it's yours. When I'm out of here, it's yours. And so you're a billionaire, really, just not yet. (laughs) So we have the same thing. We have all the benefits, not yet. So we are saved by God's grace because of the cross of Christ, according to, he tells us here, the will of the Father. Not your will, not my will, not, not, not what we think is the reason God should let people into heaven, 
and, and not the works of self-congratulatory man. Not like, well, I'm such a good person. No wonder heaven wants me there. Romans 9, he writes this, the Apostle Paul, Romans 9, 16. So then it is not of him who wills. Another version says it's not of human desire, nor of him who runs. Another version says, nor of, of human effort or exertion, but of God who shows mercy. Salvation depends upon the work of Christ and the grace of God. That's why he says in verse five, we give glory to God. That's why we worship. That's why we do what we do. Uh, Verse six, we really hear the apostle's heart. And remember when the Bible speaks, God speaks. So we hear the Lord's heart and we really in verse six get the reason for this letter. I mean, this is really what it, what it comes down to. Now, you gotta remember this for a second. I know what this is like, and I don't expect you to know what this is like. You may not believe it, but I am very protective of you people, especially the people that became Christians here. I'm very, very protective. I, I'm, I'm like a papa bear. And, 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 and I, I, I annoy people. I know it. I chase them down. I keep some of them. Uh, I, keep, I keep in touch with or people who once seem to go, you know, with the Lord. And uh, I sent out 475 Christmas cards to people who at one time have ch- attended this church this, this year. And if you know me, I can't. You ever see my handwriting? It's pathetic. I get writer's cramp. I get writer's cramp after three cards. <laughs> but, but I'm not saying that to say anything more than I understand the passion it's like a parent who somebody wants to steal your kid away and you're like, forget that, no way. And so here we see the reason for the letter. He, he says this, verse six, I marvel. Another version says, I am astonished. Another one says, I am amazed that you are turning away. That word literally means you are deserting so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ. Notice he didn't say you're deserting the church. Notice he didn't say, oh, you're kind of deserting this thing of what we got here. He says you're deserting him. You're deserting God by by following after these guys. The word of God, loved ones, will not let that go. There's just some things the Bible is just not going to let go, and the Bible is not going to let go that salvation is of the Lord, that salvation is because of what Christ has done. So he says, I, am, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Now, it's interesting. We, we're Americans. We like choices. We think, well, what's wrong with that? Can't you choose your gospel? God says, no, you can't. You can choose a lot of things, but you can't choose your gospel. He says, which is, verse 7, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you. So there's church people coming in, and they're preaching a gospel to you that is not even a gospel at all. It's, they're saying it's the good news. God's saying it's the bad news, and want to pervert, strong word, the gospel of Christ. So the apostle Paul, like God the Father, is extremely intolerant of false gospels. And, and now you say, well, is it easy for people to believe false gospels? Well, of course it is. And the more biblically illiterate a society becomes, the easier it becomes for that. But that's not what he's saying here. 
What he's saying here is, I find it incredible that you have heard the truth, that you knew the truth of what Jesus Christ has done for you and you have so quickly left it. I mean, I was out of town. I was working on the next church plant to raise up another church. I'd have been back in a few months or a year or something like that. And you're already buying the counterfeit. You're already letting these people come in. You knew the truth. You knew it. And how quickly you were deceived. And so here the apostle is teaching us the seriousness of gospel defection. The seriousness of leaving the gospel, the seriousness of minimizing the gospel, the seriousness of adding to it, and the seriousness of subtracting from it. And it's interesting what he says here. Remember, he wrote this letter to the people in the church. He's not writing this letter to the, to the false teachers. He is writing this to the people in the church. And he basically says this, don't you blame them. You know, a lot of people, you hear them say this, well, you know what? The church I grew up in, if they taught us the wrong thing, that's on them. No, that's not true. That's on you. That's on you. You cannot delegate your salvation to somebody else. You got to get yourself in, in the, and if you're going to call yourself a Christian, get yourself in the word of God, get it into you, learn these things, figure out what's true, what's not true. You know, even, even, you got to even be careful with people who go verse by verse. What a lot of them do, they skip the hard parts. They skip the controversial parts. They only tell you the happy verses. Did you ever hear of the positive Bible? It came out in around 2000, the positive Bible. Most of our Bibles, regular print is about 1,100 pages. Positive Bible, only 300 pages, <laughs> right? It's not exactly the whole thing, would you say? And they actually have different versions in it. <laughs> Thank God it's out of print. <laughs> so, so, so very, very careful. He says, don't blame the false teachers. What, you know what he says here? You're the traitor. You're the one who turned your back on God. You're the deserter. You're the one who has deserted Christ. Don't, don't, don't pin it on them. But there's a hope here. It's not too late. But there's an urgency. The time to change is now because it gets harder and harder and harder as time goes by. You know what happens to a lot of people? With a lot of, lot of bad teaching, a lot of cults and stuff like that, they just make a lot of friends. And they can't leave their friends. If I had a dime for every time you meet people and they're like, you know, my church is really not good, but I have too many friends there. Well, you know what? Go to a different church and call your friends during the week. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> really? You know, it's so easy for, for people to think, well, that's the way I was taught. Or I'm doing this stuff, so I'm Okay. It takes faith to say, I can only be saved because of what someone else has done for me. It takes faith to say, I know that I'm a sinner and I have to turn to God and put my trust in Jesus Christ. Now, so you say, okay, Paul, you could just say this. Anybody could say what you're saying so far. Should we just believe whatever you say? He says, no, look what he says here, verse eight. But even if we, notice he includes himself, even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you. If we tell you, you are, it's anything different than saved by grace because of what Jesus did and you grab a hold of it by faith and trust in him. If we tell you anything different than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Paul says, even me, even me, 
I remember when we taught this here on Sunday morning, well, we used to have church in the cafe, what was the cafe now? I think I said something like, listen, if I start preaching another gospel, nicely tell me. Then if I don't stop, take me around back and beat me with a baseball bat. Just make sure my life insurance is paid first so Pam gets the money if I don't make it. But don't put up with it. Don't put up with it. And you shouldn't. He, said, he says, let him be accursed. He says, if anybody would preach another gospel, let them be, the Greek word is anathema. It means to be eternally condemned. He's literally saying, let that person be damned. Verse nine, as we have said before, so I say again, if anyone, that would be anyone, preaches any other gospel to you than that which you, than what you have received, let him be accursed. Now, it's very interesting. I know when you go home, trust me, I know. I know this stuff goes home. You go home some Sunday afternoons, you have roast pastor for lunch. I get it, right? <laughs> and you're like, well, why'd you think of the sermon today? You're like, eh, B minus, C plus, better last week. You know, Pastor Jim, he's consistent. He's a consistent B. You know, whatever, whatever it is, D minus F, stinker, whatever, he offended me. Whatever, whatever, whatever. You know what he just told them here? You don't go home and grade the, what you think about it yourself, your opinion of it, you go home and you grade the accuracy. That's what he says. He says right here, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what we have received, let him be accursed. You have to be the judge of the accuracy of what you are hearing. Is this right? Is this being shaved? Is this being added to? What, what's going on with this? The false teachers were preaching a grace and law mixture. The apostle Paul says, if I do that, if the other apostles do that, if an angel, I don't care what his name is and I don't care if he's from Utah, if he comes and, and he says he's got another a gospel, don't believe it. Such teachers are leading people to hell and they're not just mistaken, they're lost themselves. Some, and they say, well, Jesus would never talk like that. We'll talk about that next week. Really? Hey, you know, if you cause one of these little ones to stumble, it'd be better if a big old rock was tied around your neck and they threw you off the boat into the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> well, well, they misquoted him. They must have. He could have never said anything like that. No, he did. No, he did. And, and some, of the, some of the false teachers claim to be aligned with the Jerusalem apostles, Peter and James, and, and the apostle Paul says, don't believe them. Verse 10, for now do I persuade, some of your versions say, win the approval of men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, if that was my goal, to preach to please men, look, this is powerful, look what he says, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Jesus Christ said this, remember we, we saw it in Matthew's Gospels, taught you can't serve God and money. Guess what he says to preachers? You can't serve God and people. You cannot serve two masters. You, you, you're going to have to pick one or the other. Now, when you say to people that you're saved by grace, you're going to, you're going to have some people that are going to accuse you of what we call what's called easy believism. Easy believism. And the Apostle Paul was accused of that. Very interesting. People who are uh, not of the uh, evangelical ilk, when they come to our church here, I don't know if ilk is bad or not, but when I'm not of that, often they will say to me on the way out, what you said about becoming a Christian is too easy, too easy. 
Now, the, the people who are uh, been in you know, Bible-believing churches for any amount of time, some of them particularly in the more modern churches are like, I don't like the fact that you told us that God expects us to do stuff. I don't like the fact that you told us that God expects us to live a certain way. So you're gonna get it from both sides. The Apostle Paul says this, my message was not to please people. My, my message was to please God. You've been listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our hope and prayer is that all of our listeners would grow into committed followers of Jesus Christ. And we're overjoyed to play whatever role we can in helping you mature in your faith. Would you like to know more about us? Maybe you'd like to pass this message on to a friend or family member. If so, go to our website at www.changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you have a question or need some guidance. We don't want to replace your pastor, but we are here to help. It's so easy to contact us. All you have to do is call, click, or write. Our phone number is 973-659-3380. That's 973-659-3380. Our email address is info at changedbyloveradio.com. And our mailing address is changedbylove, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You may be surprised to know how excited Pastor Jim and the Changed by Love radio team are to hear from you. In fact, it's common for Pastor Jim to pass on your encouragement to the congregation here in New Jersey, since we consider all our listeners part of our family. That's all the time we have for today. Our sincere hope and desire is that you will join us again next time on this radio station as we continue teaching the Word of the Lord. We here at Change by Love pray God's best to each and every one of you today. Until next time.